Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. So why watch that movie talk? It's a movie talk, folks. Oh, yeah, it is. We got a bunch of them for you. Mm-hmm. We have three first looks, which we'll start with. And we'll end with two sneak peeks. Ooh, sneaky. Wow. And the first first look <laughs> is little. What? Little. Little. <laughs> so little directed by tina gordon screenplay by tracy oliver and tina as well story by tracy oliver wow starring regina hall Issa ray and marci martin who is the executive producer the youngest in hollywood thank you snap snap and this is in theaters right now it released on april 12th and the ref got to see it so tell us ref all about this body swap kind of thing movie Yes, I do have to say it's also produced by Kenya Barris. Mm-hmm. So no stranger there. Of course, he did um, both Blackish, which is connected to Marseille, and then he also did Girls Trip, which is connected to uh, Tracy Oliver. So everybody's one big happy family. Now, you have Jordan Sanders. She is a tech company mogul queen. She likes it when she likes it. And if she don't like it, she gonna tell you. Mm. So Regina Hall, playing Jordan, finds herself really having a typical day, which is everybody else's nightmare day. Mm-hmm. Her very, very hardworking assistant, April Williams, played by Issa Rae, has to kind of man the ship, meaning if Jordan is coming around, everybody better watch out. What made her this way? Why is she like this? She is like the devil wears Prada minus uh, Meryl Streep's restraint. It's a full on blowout, you know, devil wears Prada meets Trump, I would say. It's just Mm. very, very much you do not want to work for her. But we find out why she is that way because rewind when she was a little girl about 14 years old or maybe 12 something like that she had a very bad experience she was kind of a tech nerd then and she wanted to share with the whole class her new discovery but something happens and i won't say what does and that marked jordan forever and now she is who she is well as she's on a rampage she comes as you saw in the trailer across a little girl who likes to do magic Mm, look at this she she'll hold up a, a coin in one hand and on the floor she dropped the other coin so she's kind of fumbling around okay she's cute ha, ha, ha. well jordan does something very 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 cross to this little girl and this little girl has had enough what makes you this way she says i'm rich and i'm big and as you saw in the trailer well i wish you were little then i wish you were little 
okay, whatever. Nothing happens. Moving on. That day, Jordan gets a visit by um, SNL's Mick, uh, Mickey Day, who plays Connor, who is her biggest client, saying, hey, you got to produce this next product or I'm out of here. And if he's out of there, that means the company may go under. The pressure is on, which means the pressure's on Issa Rae and the staff. The next day, she gets up as she does. She wants her coffee. She goes to the, takes a shower, does what she does, but looks in the mirror and goes, wait a minute. (laughs) She's back at the 12 year old Jordan, who is played by Marseille Martin. Yes, yes, yes. Brilliantly, I might mind, I might tell you. And it goes off from there. Now, can a 12-year-old just be roaming around? No. Protective services are gonna see to she needs to get to school. And she does meet a new teacher, uh, Mr. Marshall, played by Justin Hartley, heartthrob, heartthrob. And uh, sometimes little Jordan forgets that she's little and she makes a move. And that teacher puts her in place. But all in all, as we go through the film, little Jordan tries to find a way to become big again, all the while trying to save her company, all the while her assistant Issa Rae, again April, is also has an idea of her own that she thinks will save the company. But the question is, can the company be saved? Will Jordan stay little forever? And what kind of trouble does little Jordan get into? Because in her mind, she thinks she's not little. She thinks she's big. Mm. Now, if you're saying this kind of sounds familiar, wasn't there a movie in the 80s called Big? The very (laughs) opposite of little? Well, yes, starring Tom Hanks. But this time, instead of going from little to big to little, we have this character going from big to little to big. And this is what Marseille pitched when she was 10 years old to the execs at Universal. And to be honest with you, in review, number one, performances. Mm. Issa Rae proves yet again she has comedic genius moments she really does bring what we see in insecure that awkwardness to this role and there are some very very funny moments i will highlight uh a certain gentleman who comes and does a certain dance and little girls shouldn't be watching that certain dance and we'll just see what Issa Rae does <laughs> in response uh, she is a great foil for little Marseille we do have to also talk about the cameos or the brief appearances by Justin Hartley which is so wonderfully played you know he's just trying to get this little girl to get acclimated into you know the rest of the school but uh, when a 13 12 year old is coming on at you what do you do well you do what Justin does he did that well now also we have appearances by like I said SNL's Mickey Day, who comes in and does his thing, which is fine. We're good with that. And of course, it's supported by three kids. J.D. McCrary, who also we'll see in Lion King, the voice of. He comes in and sings, which was a nice treat. But we really have to boil it down to the actual one. Marseille Martin proves again and again that every award every single zinger that you give her she earns it she nails it and she is a very very brilliant comedian 
she's really good. And I have to say, she carried the movie. Because was the script that great? Um, was it put together well? You know, that's it. Yeah, I'm not trying to, there's no shade there. It's just that, that it's so amazing to see this little girl really take the reins of the show. So I say this. It is going to be good in the theater. I like to support things like this, and so I did. There's going to be some real laugh out loud moments. Regina Hall. It's a. It's more of a one note performance, but it's over the top, and I guess that's what they were looking for. So it's fine. You're going to have some laugh out loud moments, but this is also going to work in your home as well. So if you really want to support, go to the theaters and see it. You should. Hmm. However. If you don't want to, you can wait till it comes. Now, is this the best movie ever? Does this top big? I'll let you be the judge of that. But I did enjoy Marseille, and I can't wait to see more of her. Now, moving on. Yeah. Let's move on to something that you can watch in the safety of your own home. (laughs) (laughs) Safety. Yes. (laughs) Silence, which stars... uh, Well, first, let's talk about where it is. It's on Netflix. It's directed by John R. Leonetti. It's written by Carrie Van Dyke and Shane Van Dyke, and it's based on Tim Levin's novel. It stars Stanley Tucci, along with uh, Kiernan uh, Shipka and uh, Miranda Otto, along with some other folks that look like they're appearing in that you may or may not know. The question is, are we gonna be screaming out loud, go see silence, or are we gonna keep quiet? Well, two people are underneath, yeah, underneath a portion of the Appalachian Trail, trying to break into a rocky cave. But why are they doing this? We don't know. However, eventually, they succeed in knocking a nice-sized hole in the rock, and then they celebrate. But their celebration quickly comes to an end after they think they hear something. What is that, they say. Mm. And then a whole bunch of craziness flies out, and these people are no more. And with that, the silence begins. And of course, after that opening, we must be introduced to the characters we're supposed to care about. Mm-mm. Starting with 16-year-old Allie, who's played by Kiernan Chipka. Three years ago, Allie lost her hearing as a result of a terrible car accident. Ugh. So you know that's going to prove pivotal later on. Right. And now she seems to have adjusted rather well to that, despite being made fun of by a group of idiots. Even still. <laughs> Is that what they're cast? They're- <laughs> a group of idiots. There's no other way to say it. Even still, there's a guy who likes her and she likes him. He's even learning sign language. Also, Ali's family, of course, is very supportive. There's her father, Hugh, played by Stanley Tucci. Her mother, Kelly, played by Kiernan's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina co-star Miranda Otto. Her grandmother, Lynn, played by Kate Trotter, who's a nurse and who's hiding an illness from certain characters, which you know is going to rear its ugly head later on. And her younger brother, Jude, played by Kyle Harrison Breitkopf. But these people have no idea of what's in store for them because things get rather alarming after mysterious and grisly attacks start happening in the Pennsylvania area, of course, which is close to where they live. So they gather around the TV in the midst of a just-declared state of emergency, along with Hugh's best friend, Glenn, who's played by John Corbett, and they try to figure out what's going on. And what they see is quite horrifying indeed. So what are they supposed to do? How can they keep themselves safe? Well, in suspenseful fashion, 
the news cautions that to protect themselves from being ripped to shreds, they must stay at home and most importantly, stay silent. Mm. Sound familiar? Very, oh my gosh. So you know that first of all, they're not gonna stay home. This is a movie. And you know that somebody's not gonna be able to stay silent. Plus they have a dog, by the way. Oh and, my gosh. And you know that not everyone's going to make it and that Allie will be at the center of their survival hopes in the end. But here's the most important question. Will you be able to survive one and a half hours of this? I mean, look, since this premise is so close to a quiet place, there's no way around comparing the two. And unfortunately for everyone involved in the silence, they just don't have a chance. The writing can be quite challenging, especially in regard to how they manufacture obstacles and the execution doesn't quite cut it. I mean, they even reveal, Raph, they reveal what the creatures look like from the very beginning, which everybody knows is a mistake. Ugh. And adding insult to injury, Netflix even includes pictures of the things on its platform. Do they even care? Also, sometimes it's funny without meaning to be, which is a shame because a comedic take might have worked better. It certainly would have made the derivativeness on display much more bearable. Plus, outside of that, there's the lingering specter Bird Box, which of course is on the same platform. And while Bird Box overstays its welcome, clocking in at about two hours long, along with other flaws, it does manage to generate lots of suspense in an entertaining fashion, especially during its first half. And then, during the silence's final third, it starts to feel like they were watching The Walking Dead and got inspired. Oh not, my gosh, I'm so sorry. But not in the way you might think, which leads to one of the worst endings in recent memory. And so, <laughs> if that doesn't dissuade you, and if you find yourself in the mood for some cheap pseudo scares and frustrating characters, the silence will help you pass the time. Otherwise, you can make as much noise as you'd like elsewhere. Eh. Mm. So now, our final first look, Guava Island. Ooh. Yeah. Did you hear about this one, everybody? It came to us on Amazon for free for like 18 hours on starting at Saturday midnight Pacific time. Mm. And then now it's only available for Amazon Prime members. Right. It's about an hour long. It's directed by Hiro Murai, who collaborates with Donald yeah. Glover a lot. America video. Mm-hmm. There you go. Screenplay by Donald Glover's brother, Steven. Story by a bunch of people, including <laughs> the Glovers. Starring Donald Glover. Rihanna is in it. Nanzo Anozi is in it. Letitia Wright is in it as well. And this has something to do with Coachella. So, <laughs> we both saw this, but the ref <laughs> is going to tell us all about it. Well, we have Donald Glover who plays Denny. He is on, do they even say what the island truly is? Like it's, a, it's, mm, no. it's, a, it's, we would assume it's in the Caribbean somewhere. So it's not, you know, a Spanish island. It is in the Caribbean, even though they do speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we even get to Donald, we're open with this story about this particular island. This island seems to render magical, um, insects or worms that spin this amazing blue silk that is coveted and everybody loves this blue silk that this uh, silkworm spins. 
However, because everybody loves it, as the story says, there are people who also want to war, go to war, to make sure that they have it. Where there's love, there is fear and evil and war. Ah, ha, 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 the moral mm-hmm. of the story. So that is, of course, what happens. The um, We'll call them, I think they're called the Red, the Red um, Gang does take over um, the entire island, making everyone on the island serve its greedy purpose to produce more and more of this blue silk uh, so that they can sell it and do whatever it wants. So fast forward into uh, Denny's life. He's a carefree kind of guy, musical. He loves his guitar. He has a couple of jobs, and one of his jobs is he is a disc jockey. He's on the radio, and he sings jingles for a living. Jingles for the Red Gang (laughs) and their product. But he's really good at it, and he's really well-known in the community. He has a dream and a passion, and that is, let's take a day off and have a festival. What's so bad about that? Well, it's bad because the Red Gang requires for all of their employees to work seven days a week and there is no time off. Hmm, so how does that work out? Denny has a love interest, Kofi, played by Rihanna. Mm, the famous pop star, remember that? <laughs> She is of a different breed a little bit. She's beautiful, of course. She works in one of the silk um, factories or warehouses, but she has dreams to travel elsewhere, to to be out and about and travel the world. However, she does love Denny, and she loves him so much that she has something to tell Denny that's very, very important to their relationship. The question is, is she able to share this newfound a pivotal part of their relationship. Is she able to share it with Denny? And how does he take it if she does? Mm, mm, mm. Mm. If she does. Mm. And uh, will will her dreams of leaving the island subside? And then you also have Yara, who is a co-worker of Kofi, played by Letitia Wright. Hilariously, she's just lovely. I just love watching her. Mm-hmm. And she represents the people who are happy with their jobs, but also want to party. Anybody want to party? You hear that song? She wants. They want to party and let loose and let go. So the overall question is, can Denny provide the islands of some much-needed R&R, ex- creative expression, or will the Red Gang, led by... Red Cargo himself, played by Nonso, who you just talked about, will he be able to unclench the very tight fist of Red Cargo? And if he does, what will that cost the town? Mm. That's the gist of it. It is a musical. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. And you will hear some very familiar songs that are have been number one award-winning songs by Donald Glover. And you will also hear um, a couple new tunes that we may not have heard before or done a different way. This all takes place on an island. It has Rihanna. It's hot out. But the overall issue that I have with this film, even though it's it's not bad to watch, is that we don't hear her sing. 
not a peep. We never hear her sing. We don't see her dance. We don't see her emote. Nothing. And it's not because she's not doing a good job. She's doing a great job. But we don't hear her sing. So, for those of you who want to watch Guava Island, I say it's it's very curious. Now, you you critic brought up the fact that it does start off in an in an animated fashion, and then it goes into live action. And you brought the fact that maybe it should have stayed animated. It would have been interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. But it was also nice to see the island people doing their work. You can tell that Donald Glover engaged um, locals. You can tell that some people were experienced and some people weren't. That was nice to see. But overall, it was a big, huge music video for him and him alone, even though he has the biggest pop star, arguably one of the biggest pop stars that this country and any the whole world has seen in this age why would you not have her sing strange mm. Mm. i say check it out if you're curious but it's also okay if you are so so about Daniel Glo- donald glover's uh music you may want to you know move on to something else but if you really really are a fan of him you really should check it out just because you can say that you did exactly yeah <laughs> All right, now you got a chance to see a sneak peek, which is coming out this Friday, April 19th, called Red Joan. I almost said Red Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) Red Joan, which um, again, I would probably say that it's going to be in select theaters. You probably won't be able to see it everywhere, but it is directed by Trevor Nunn, who we know both you know, we just talked about Les Mis in another uh, episode, who does, handles a lot of, you know, amazing things, uh, both on and off stage, we will say. It's written by Lindsay uh, Shapiro, and it's starring the great Dame Judi Dench, along with Sophie Cookson and a whole bunch of other Brits that you will, Ben Miles, what are you doing here? (laughs) He's in Downton Abbey. Or no, no, no. Or was he in The Crown? No. Or was it, or or was it Victoria? I don't know. But you're going to. Wow. (laughs) Now also keep in mind, in addition to those select theaters, it's on demand. It will be available. (laughs) Wait a minute. Why'd you land on it? like? You'll find out maybe. Now, inspired by the true story of Melita Norwood, and based on Jenny Rooney's novel of the same name, Red Joan is all about Joan Stanley, a widow played by Judy Dench, who lives alone in the quiet of the suburbs of London. But at the start of this film, her peaceful existence is shattered when she hears an unexpected knock on her front door. And when she opens it, the British Secret Service is there and places her under arrest. But why would they do such a thing? Well, they claim that Joan, of all people, is guilty of providing classified scientific information, including details on how to build an atomic bomb to the Soviet government way back in the 1940s. Hmm. They must be joking, right? They gotta be. Well, her son certainly thinks so. But as Joan is interrogated, she's taken back through her memories of being a student at Cambridge during the 1930s, where she is played by Sophie Cookson, not only excelled at physics, which is why she was able to gain access to classified scientific information after graduation, but also had a love affair with Leo, a communist agitator whom she met through her friendship with his cousin, Sonia. Now, the two cousins 
are from Russia by way of Germany. So Tom Hughes as Leo gets to use the same accent that he uses as Prince Albert of Victoria. There you go. Okay, gosh, I couldn't even get there. I had to go through all the Brits. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, Joan finds the cousin's background in politics intriguing. Well, until World War II breaks out, that is, which causes her to change her mind. And then she finds a job as a secretary for a special scientific research group that's tasked with gaining a distinct advantage over the Nazis, and that puts her in a position to challenge the sexist notions about the capability of females in the realms of science. It also puts her in a position to help Leo's Soviet cause, which she refuses to do, and which puts a strain on their relationship. Someone at work puts a strain on their relationship too. Uh-oh. However, after the devastation of that war, which is exemplified by the creation and use of the atomic bomb, Joan has another change of mind and is inspired to risk everything in the pursuit of peace. She wants to help avert another world war. And so the question is, does Joan become an unwitting Soviet accomplice or does she betray her country knowingly and willingly and why? Bum, bum, bum. Now, all of this sounds rather interesting, right? Plus, she got Judy Dench in the cast. Come on. So how could Red Joan go wrong? Well, for one, you don't get a lot of Judy Dench here. Oh. Now, when she does show up, she shows up to work, of course. I mean, I think that Judy Dench is one of the very best at using her eyes to tell the story. Yeah. Just watch and learn. But she's not on screen enough to carry the movie. So that leads us to the other actors. But they all do their jobs, so no problems there. I mean, they fully commit to the task at hand, which is a shame because what holds this film back is that it doesn't earn where it goes during its second half. Now, especially early on, it does have its moments and there is a certain rhythm to it. But I think they could have gone deeper. And so while director Trevor Nunn, like you said, who's a stage veteran, knows how to take you from moment to moment, with Lindsay Shapiro's script in his hands, he can't quite make things land. It all just kind of floats by during its first half, and then it turns into a full-on soap opera. Oh. Just listen to the music. Oh. I mean, it devolves into hysteria with running and fainting and screaming and crying and lovemaking and double-crossing and all the rest. Oh, boy. And that's the main reason why Red Joan isn't worth the price of admission at the movies. It's much closer to a decent and well-produced, yet ultimately overheated TV movie instead. Oi, oi, On oi. demand. Wow, here we go. Let's go to the last sneak peek, which, oh, mm. it's called Little Woods. We both got to see it. And it's directed by Nia DaCosta, and it's written by her too. Hey! Yep. It stars a very familiar Lily James, Tessa Thompson, Luke Kirby. I love Luke Kirby, by the way. I just, ever since Rectify. Uh, Lance Reddick, who's showing up everywhere. James Badge, Dale, along with others. <laughs> it's coming out this week. Question is, mm, are you going to be in the theater to watch this? Mm. Uh, so, Oleander, Ali King played by Tessa Thompson, is on probation for illegally running her mom's prescription pills over the Canadian border. Uh-oh. But why would she have done such a thing? 
Well, she lives in Little Woods, North Dakota, which has become a fracking boom town, leading to a standard of living that's hard for the people who were born and raised there to meet. Hmm. And so it's a struggle for most people in Little Woods to gain access to the resources they need, not only from healthcare to housing, but also from sex to drugs in order to numb the pain. Which is why in Little Woods, risking breaking the law to survive is a foregone conclusion. Even still, the end of Ali's probation is only 10 days away. So of course the question is, will she be able to make it through to that end unscathed? And one big old obstacle in her way is her sister, Deb, with whom she has a strained relationship and who's in desperate need of help. You see, Deb, who already has a young son, has just found out that she's pregnant again. Oh, boy. And with pregnancy come lots of medical expenses. Plus, Deb's deadbeat ex-boyfriend, Ian, played by James Badgedale, can't be relied on to help her in any way as he threatens to pull Ollie back into a life of crime. There are others, including Bill, Ollie's former employer of sorts, shall we say, hmm. who's played by Luke Kirby, who wished to pull her back in as well. And then compounding the problem is the looming foreclosure of Ollie's and Deb's mom's house. They have just one week to come up with half of a little over $5,600 to keep that from happening which would help bring stability to Deb's life, thereby clearing the path for Ollie to leave North Dakota for good. Now, as you might suspect, this makes things difficult for Ollie, who needs to stay on the straight and narrow and avoid her drug dealing past in order to be able to move away from Little Woods to start a new life and a new job. Because at the moment, she's making a pittance by doing odd jobs for the town's workers, from selling coffee at work sites to doing laundry. And so she's faced with two options. She could backslide by resorting to illegality in order to make a quick buck one last time. Or she could continue moving forward on the path toward redemption, which is what her parole officer, who's played by Lance Reddick, believes she's more than capable of doing. Either way, the ultimate questions are these. Will the benefits outweigh the costs? And will Ali get more than she bargained for? So do you want to review first, Raph, or me? Oh, you go ahead. Now, with all of that, writer-director Nia DaCosta tells a story that's driven by its characters and its bleak setting with camera work and rhythms that are typical for indie dramas. However, while the acting is naturalistic, I just didn't buy the execution completely during its first third. Because in contrast to the acting, some, though not all, of the dialogue wasn't quite right early on. Some of the lines hung in the air in a conspicuous manner. But then, about a half hour into its runtime, after Ollie chooses her path forward, Little Woods finds a nice groove. So while not quite reaching the heights of Deborah Granick's Winter's Bone, which oh, yeah. explores similar themes, in Little Woods, Nia has crafted a good film. And during its final hour, there are several moments that succeed either as tender explorations of relationships or as tense exchanges. And so if you like low key indie crime dramas with capable casts, Little Wood should work for you. I know that for me after seeing it, I'm definitely interested in what Nia's going to do as director of the upcoming Candyman reboot, mm. which Jordan Peele is producing, because based on this first feature of hers, She's shown that she can craft a bit of urgency while maintaining a slower pace, which is a good fit for Candyman. So we'll see what comes of it. What do you think, though, Ref? 
I think the real question is, do you see this in the theater or do you mm. see this at home? Right. Now, of course, it's April 19th, which means you've got one week before Avengers <laughs> comes <laughs> out and it's going to be mayhem. And if you're going to spend money this month, which there have been some things you can spend money on, do you really want to spend $20 or $15 to $20 on Little Woods? If you want to support indie film, of course, do it. But I really think this is a great movie to see at home um, with a blanket and you're just watching it and you're kind of like, don't do it, girl. Or, you know, <laughs> just kind of, it's not a lot of those moments, but there are some moments where you just sort of want to holler at some of the characters who really make some interesting choices, shall we say. Mm. So my suggestion would be really look at your budget, see if this is something that you would want to pay for. But I will guarantee you that if you watch it at home, this that same effort that Nia put in and her expected end will translate. Mm -hmm. There yep. you go. Take us out. Well, everybody, look. You got three first looks available now in different forms. You got two sneak peeks coming out April 19th. Maybe it's on demand. Maybe you should see it. Maybe you shouldn't. But how? So those are the questions for you to answer. And the rest and I have given you enough to figure that out at the end of this movie talk. We'll see you next week. And I wonder, Ref, what movie's coming out? Mm. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.